right, folks, here we go. Sports Insider Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Check out sportsinsiderradio.com, 1-800-209-1679. As we've got a lot on the docket, home stretch of the NFL season, college bowl season is about to commence. College hoops, the NBA, hockey, soccer, whatever it may be, and we've got you covered. Sports Insider Radio. As we get the fun started, Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Uh, Pleased to be joined, as always, by John and Mike. JohnSyndicate.com. Hello, boys. Hard to believe that we are so far and so deep into football season. It's almost over, guys. It's almost over, except this Saturday you have NFL football. Yeehaw! Yeah, right. That, you know, that, that, isn't that the, there's certain days, certain times of the year when things happen that trigger your thought process? And that's one of them. When you get an NFL game on Saturday, you know we're basically we're almost toast on a stick. It's almost over. Well, like I said last week, the last two NFL games of the season on Monday Night Football, it's a doubleheader on Christmas Day. December 25th, which is a Monday. So, you know, you, after Christmas, it's a, it's all over. It's bowl games all the way through the first of the year, and then you're doing the playoffs every weekend until you get to the Super Bowl in, in February. Well, it's a crazy time of year. There's no getting around that. What's new and exciting on uh, your neck of the woods? Well, I'm sitting here putting in plays in the EPL, the English Premier League that's starting about uh, 20 minutes as we're live on the air because we're constantly trading. We're global. We're not local. We're not worried about what shape the ball is. And um, so while I'll do that, I'll let Mike fill you in on uh, what we're looking at this weekend in the NCAA basketball because, again, we've been making a lot of money with hoops. And, again, some teams try, some teams don't try. We discussed it last week when we talked about how Duke doesn't try in the first half. It seemed to be that way. And then they come back in the second half. Kenny, who was on the show with us last week, he'll be on next week, said it works till it doesn't. They played uh, Boston College being ranked number one. They were losing it in the first half. And then, unfortunately, that was the game where it worked till it didn't. They couldn't bounce back and come back from the deficit. And, you know, there are so many different things and intangibles when you go between the lines as you try to dissect the opportunities that are out there. Uh, you know, uh, Mike, I'd even say to you, like, there's a game tonight in college basketball. Uh, and it's Villanova and Temple. Well, we know how good Villanova is. What people sometimes fail to realize, with Villanova an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, they're playing Temple. And these t- teams in Philadelphia cycle through and play one another. And believe me, um, these are backyard brawls. These kids grew up playing basketball together. And, you know, Villanova's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. But there's intensity. Temple just got done, you know, playing LaSalle. They they cycled through that that big five in Philadelphia, and these are nasty basketball games. Well, and you know they always play each other tough because they know the the tempo of the game on the East Coast versus Villanova traveling West Coast. So I mean, the line shows it. I mean, because Villanova on paper, talent wise, is much better than Temple. But why are they only eight and a half? So the reality is they, that the odds makers are giving Temple credit knowing that it's a home game, knowing that it's an in-state rivalry. And like you said, when they rotate through Pennsylvania, um, when they try to just you know get the edge early on, Villanova's a type of team that's going to cover the second half, and they might just not come out firing, just like all these good teams. They know they're better than the opposition, but in the first half, they'll play it close. They may even be down at half, just like the Dukes of the world. 
and but they'll turn it on when it needs to be because, like I said, it's right before conference schedule, and they're just getting into the groove, you know, eight to ten games in. No, I get another one, like Wisconsin. They've been in the throes of Big Ten basketball games. All of a sudden now, here comes Western Kentucky. Well, you know how intense those conference games are. All of a sudden, you get out of conference, and it could be a completely different animal, uh, you know, in terms of the intensity, the pace of play. And, and that, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, these are automatic things, but they are little nuggets and windows and these, these all of a sudden the team jumps out of conference play and they're things you look at, look at either lack of intensity on the defensive end that maybe it's a higher scoring game or they're looking ahead to the next big conference game and maybe the dog is a play there's just a lot, a lot that goes into this stuff I mean the intangibles in addition to the sheer mathematics of it which I know John is is, is a main focus of attention for you yeah I mean it's all about the number and that's the only thing it's about and this is what I, you know, it, say, it sounds like a nice little jingle on the radio. It's all about the number. But, you know, when you lose that game by a half a point or you win that game by a half a point, you don't win any more bonus money for winning or losing by a half a point, nor do you win any more or lose any more if the game's a 30-point blowout. This is the psychology of sports wagering that we have to battle and combat We're trying to educate the listeners when, once they become members because – Basically, if we lose a game and it's a half a point loss, people will call in and they like to pontificate. You like that? That's a big word, pontificate. Mm-hmm. They like to talk about, you know, oh, man, we almost won that game. And then if a game loses by 30, which I'd almost prefer because then yeah. I don't have to waste my time with it, I can get on to the next game, right? These people, the amount of energy that will be expended in the, uh, the di- dissecting of I can't believe I was on this game. They were an absolute blowout. I lost the game by 30 points. And it's like a lot of wasted mental energy when if you would just go back to the basics, which is you're not betting on a game, you're betting on a line. Unless you're playing um, money lines in the NHL and the MLB, you are simply betting on a line. Even when you're looking at the Premier League soccer and the international soccer that's global and around the world, everybody's predominantly playing Asian handicap odds. They're going to lay one goal in a matchup instead of laying 600. So everybody's looking at a point spread, and what happens, I think, is that most people go back to, I like this game. And, you know, Monday Night Football was a prime example. Obviously, the books were heavy on on from the public buddy on the New England Patriots, even though it was a sandwich spot like we spoke about last week, and even though home team dogs on Monday night have been hitting at an astounding rate. Even though if you're getting more than seven points in the NFL, you basically want to take the dog blindly if you have no information. And still, most people, without any information, without being members of our services or any service, probably would have said, well, Brady, going to rock and roll. He's going to light him up. He's going to blow him out. And then probably chased him in the second half as well, instead of just keeping it about what the number is and what the number should be. And it's very hard. I mean, admittedly, you're a fan. You like to use the eye test. You like to watch the games. I'm not so much of a fan. I like to look at screens and computers, more of a trading-type approach. But the problem basically that comes in is that if you're watching that Buffalo game, like we spoke about yesterday when I was on the air, I used my eye test to see that they were moving the ball even though it was in the snow. And I took a bad number and took a small position on over 13-and-a-half in the second half, saying to myself, more interceptions, more wobbly-bobbly, slipping and sliding. In, in general, generally, of- generally speaking, uh, that, that approach would be correct. 
the the the, the one caveat well, to to that particular game was I mean the snow was up to their knees, <laughs> but but but, 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 gen- but generally speaking, you're absolutely right. Wind is the biggest deterrent to moving the football. Right, and so the, here's the thing: when you say all about the number, I made the number at thirteen, twelve and a half, thirteen. The number came out; it was thirteen and a half. The books beat me because I wasn't being disciplined. It had nothing to do with me playing the loser. If I was being disciplined and I knew my number was thirteen max, I'm not going to go over thirteen and a half. Sure enough, they scored thirteen. I lost by half a point. That goes back to really making it all about the number. People like Kenny White, myself, even yourself, we have a number on a game, and then basically we're like mercenaries. People say, well, what happens if the line goes up? And get the, I'll jump on the other side. I don't care. And unfortunately, like I said, most people originally start out wagering on sports, and look, as if the Supreme Court thing goes and it becomes even bigger and it's legal in all 32, in 32 additional states um, to place bets in the existing casino infrastructure that is there around the country, most people are opinion bettors. Most people are living in Buffalo, betting Buffalo, living in Baltimore, betting Baltimore, living in Pittsburgh, betting Pittsburgh, and I don't think it serves them well financially, which is why we're in business, because if it was that easy just to bet who you think is going to win, not cover... Um, Everybody'd be beating the books. Well, and we'll come back to football because we got bowl season, and of course the NFL. The playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, you could have teams already starting to look ahead, uh, changing personnel, things of that nature. Uh, but but one more thing on college hoops that we should mention, Mike. It's the holiday time. Uh, you'll have holiday tournaments. Then you got to take into account. Well, wait a minute. Uh, the students aren't there. They're on their Christmas break. But then you get these kind of unique matchups, maybe where teams are, are jumping out of conference. Uh, in, you know, like a team like Kentucky, you know, they've got Virginia Tech on Saturday. Uh, but then, you know, they get uh, you know a game with UCLA, and then of course the the monster showdown that people go bananas for the Louisville game coming up, and then they get back into conference play. But there are these these little uh, you know individual nuggets that are out there. Well, that and like you said, I, you know, you brought up the point that I was going to discuss when they're on Christmas break, and it's the fa- it depends on what kind of town you have. If you have a heavy base town where the alumni are taking up the stands, and it doesn't matter if the students are there or not, then you really that's going to play into effect, and it's going to go into like Kenny says, the power rating on the home team advantage. But if it's a game where it's mostly a student-oriented stadium an arena where they're just not going to be there and it's going to be empty in the stands, that could play a factor as well. So that this next you know 14 to 15 days between now and the end of Christmas break is going to be a telltale of how these teams really show up. And, and you got to, like you said, with Kentucky, they might not care the next few games because they have that huge matchup coming up and then they're going to be in conference play going forward. This is the type of game they could win but surely just not cover. And again, when you're trying to find, like, you know, what, you know, what should a number actually be? Is, oh, they just assign, uh, you know, uh, X amount of points for home court advantage or home field advantage, whatever it may be. I mean, I can specifically say to you, like, we're seeing it right here uh, in Vegas. Last year uh, was a big transition year for UNLV with Marvin Menzies, and at the beginning of the year, he could barely even get it. He inherited a nightmare, barely could put a team on the court. And then the team got off to an okay start, but then they floundered. Well, what happened, there was an element of indifference from the student body, too. Now this team's come out of the gate. They're more exciting. They're a better basketball team. Now you watch the the home court edge. uh, The students are there in droves, in waves, and that's almost like turning the clock back two, three years 
um, you know, that people kind of forget what actually happened last year. So there are little different animals that actually can well, play into what your thought process is. There's another thing on the line is that there's something I've been tracking, and it's basically, I call it line trickery, which means the general public isn't looking at teams like Portland State when they're playing Santa Clara and they're a three-point road favorite and they win the game outright. And they're currently the number one team against the spread in college basketball at 8-0, 8-2 straight up in terms of actual wins, losses. What happens basically is because it's such an obscure school and they're usually playing schools that are not obscure, the line makers aren't adjusting the line, and they're actually giving you value. I'm going to repeat that. They're giving you value, betting the team that's actually winning, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to force you off that side. So if they made Portland State a two-point favorite last Sunday, most people would be laying the wood and go, oh, they're 8 No, they check the stats. Now what happens is when they make them, when they're 8, when they're 7-0 going in that matchup, and they're 8-7-2 um, and, uh, and two straight up, and they make them a three-point road dog, it's almost to entice the betting public, the squares, to say, ah, you know what, they're 8-0, it's probably a fake record, they probably played fake teams, and now let's all play Santa Clara. And what's happening is I'm noticing on the obscure matchups, if you're doing your homework like I am, same thing with Southern Utah, 7-0 against the spread. These are not no-name teams. Think about how big and vast the college basketball board is. And the two top teams in college basketball, from a betting market perspective, are Portland State and Southern Utah. After that, you have Florida State, which is a big name team, has a lot of cred, and Xavier. But the point is, the first two teams, nobody would even, if I said, where's Southern Utah, nobody would be able to tell me where in Southern Utah is. So, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't know the town that that college is in. It's bel- so, I, I can help you there. Of- it's, it's below nor- Northern Utah. Ah, it's below northern Utah. Yeah, so, but the point is, is that you have to be um, willing to understand that a lot of times they, you know, the line could literally be the wrong side could be favored because what happens is that the team is actually already covering, and you're going to give them the credibility of making them a favorite. The book doesn't want you on Portland State, so I know for a fact the handle on that game on Sunday. While I was on Portland State, blindly, because I knew that every time they've been in a dog situation, which is over 50% of the time, they've actually won the game outright, and they, they held a really nice first half with Duke. And, again, that was another fade, you know, fade Duke in the first half scenario. But the thing is, if they make that wrong team the favorite, you're going you're gonna to get people's public perception of how good or how bad a team are. Same thing with the Miami game last Monday. Think about it, Brian. If they make the game seven, they're going to get more action on Miami than at 11 because they're going to say, oh, it's supposed to be a more competitive game. And these are the things and the myths that we try to dispel when you're calling us and you're truly trying to keep it all about the number. And it is Sports Insider Radio. Go to sportsinsiderradio.com, 1-800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. And Mike, on Saturday, here we go, buddy boy. It's bowl season. He's so happy. Brian, he is so happy to root for his He's a bowl boy? Finale. No! I'm, He's no, a bowl it's boy a bowl and NFL, NFL guy. He's a sit in front of... You think you do the eye test. It's like he doesn't exist in my office on the way. Where's my... He's back in the screening room. He's well, screening... Well, you know, and I, I will say... Over, not when they're all... Well, let me tell you something. Well, there are people that would want to ignore this, and Mike, um, I got your back, kid. And you throw it right back at him. Leave me alone. I'm working. Because I will tell you this. There are people that like fantasy football. They think it's a mindless exercise. Or those that think it's a mindless exercise. I will say this to you. 
those people that are involved in fantasy football who are also sitting there and going to step up to the window and make a bet on a football game. The one thing, you will watch a football game that's 35-3, to and the game may be completely out of reach. But you're watching that game because you have a vested interest in an individual in that game. But you may be able to pick up nuggets of information watching games that people have just turned off because they weren't competitive anymore, and and it's information you can apply down the road. I'm absolutely convinced of that, Mike. Well, that and, I mean, I have to break the see the bearer bad news, but uh, I'm out of the playoffs. I lost last week. Came on Drake Monday night, took it to me. Oh, that, that, uh, that little video, that, that little little video game move, gotcha. That that spin move, man. He stopped <laughs> in his tracks by Chung. He spun out of it. He, that was like I mean, EA was Sports, wasn't it? <laughs> right. No, he's he's a good player. I mean, he's and he's the only guy back there. They literally, when he got hurt and he got his wind knocked out of him, he went out for one play. They didn't know who to put in. Who to put in? I mean, they literally have nobody. Yeah. Who was the uh, person that stopped uh, Brian on the radio yesterday? He was shocked that you knew it. In the snowball, was the same. Oh, uh, Sean McCoy when he had the snow tires right. back in. Uh, he had about 200 yards rushing in that game. It was a high, very high-scoring game. It's like he, the snow didn't exist for LaShawn McCoy. So I knew it was only a matter of time before he broke well, through. It looked ex- exactly the same. I, I will even throw one other thing at you. There's a thing going on here in Nevada. It's called U.S. Fantasy Sports where you can actually um, – in props. You know, we know how big props so are. He just really got excited. When am I taking him to Vegas? He just really well, got oh, excited. Oh, well, right wait till you hear this now. Uh, it's called U.S. Fantasy <laughs> Sports. The props are such a big deal, over 300 props for the Super Bowl. Well, Sunday, I was so proud of myself. I said, I did it. I, 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 I've got a great idea here. I, it was they put a, a, a prop package together of, you know, 10 guys in a group. So I bet LaShawn McCoy to, you know, win the fantasy group. This is on the board in Vegas. You know, leading rusher and, you know, the mm-hmm. points for touchdowns. And I said, I'm telling you, I watched Le'Veon Bell in a similar game up in Buffalo last year get over, go bananas, get over 200 yards rushing. And exactly what you were talking about with the weather conditions in your overplay, John, I'm going, this kid's going to be running straight forward. Defenders are going to be slipping all over the field. He's going to lead the league in rushing this week. Well, doesn't he run it in in overtime? He ends up with 158 yards rushing and the touchdown. I'm going, I got this. I went through the nine other guys. I'm going, got it, got it, got it. He's, I got this. You know, and it's a parimutuel thing. I mean, it, you know, it could pay 4-1. to one, It could pay 20-1. to one. And sure enough, the one game in the far corner of Club Madrid where we do our shows here, uh, and I really didn't watch much of it, Jordan Howard had the day of his life, got a couple of touchdowns and beat McCoy by a couple of points. But, uh, again, Something like that, you look. You know what we're going to be doing this show here in the next few weeks. When we get to the postseason, and it's specifically the Super Bowl, how big the props are. And there are opportunities in the props because, again, it becomes a math model and, and you know, what the number should or shouldn't be. Well, and that's, that goes for a lot of the players, and it's all about the scheme. Um, that scheme versus that team, um, it may benefit a certain type of player versus – him being as you know effective the following week, so it's very hard in in fantasy, especially you have to really do your research. Unlike when you're doing it with just picking a team with a spread, because it all comes down to the number. With fantasy, it really comes down to a lot of research and just going with your gut. That's really what it's helped me over the last 18 years I've been doing fantasy. And then I said, yeah, and, and, "Go ahead." 
No, and I was going to say, um, you know, it's interesting also when you talk about people and all about the number. There's certain numbers that people don't look at. For instance, you know, um, they don't, people, you know, I don't know how big the handle is in Vegas, but if you're listening nationally, you know, the NHL, you know, the number one money team is Tampa Bay. Excuse me, is New Jersey. New Jersey. And I think you talked about New Jersey uh, earlier in the season. From, so a, basically, from a pace of place per- perspective, yeah. Right. And so, you know, you're talking about the average guy betting $100 a game this season on New Jersey is, uh, if you got the right odds, made about $833. The difference is, is that other teams that have bigger winning records, like Tampa Bay, like Vegas, um, you know, 19-11, um, 22-8 respectively, they are, they're adjusting those lot. They're not giving away a free lunch. And so the whole thing is, for me, is that the, the big money in the NHL and the same thing when you're talking about baseball is in the run lines. So what you're doing is, you're for the newbies that are listening, you're introducing a point spread to the NHL games, and you're actually getting points, but you actually have to pay a higher price. You could take a dog and flip them to a favorite. But the actual numbers show you that basically if you do that, you are so much better off financially if you're not worried about rooting in your favorite team and you're not worried about, you know, this guy's going to win and that guy's going to win and all that crazy stuff. Because, look, the dogs, the bottom line, is straight up. And when we're talking straight up, dogs and favorites, I'm going to blow you away right now. You're a hockey guy, right? The 201 and 201. 201 and 201. So that means right now the, the line makers on straight up dogs and favorites, they're, they're, it's dead even on all the games that they offered lines on. But where it gets really crazy, it's 67%. 321 and 153. Brian, every time you take the plus one and a half. Yeah, I mean you got to lay the lumber for that. I mean, but but I mean, you know, but if you could find it, find those opportunities where you know, like you said, you try to find your ways to, you know, massage that number. The other thing I would say to you, uh, you know, from the hockey end of things, uh, is different than it has been in years past. Um, well, not so much, but I, I think people are getting on board with it's become similar to baseball, where we're seeing teams like L.A. Uh, last night lost, uh, and you mentioned New Jersey. New Jersey beat them. And that snapped an right. eight-game winning streak for L.A. Well, okay, so you get it in the throes of a streak there. You start paying, playing this inflated number. But the streaks also exist on the totals with teams with a current form, style of play, and certainly it's about the matchups. But they'll go four, five, six, seven games uh, consecutively over the total or under the total to the point where – and more people are involved with hockey now because it exists here in Las Vegas. But they're playing it like baseball where they're getting on board with streaks. Right, and then the thing is, look, I, obviously you're from the, you're, 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 we'll call you a Nevadian, if that's the correct terminology. Look, a Nevadian. The, the Vegas, the Nevadian, the, the Vegas, it's not only that you got a new team, it's that they actually are good. And Very so what good. happens is it actually, it, it helps that, you know, somebody made a comment to me in Vegas last week. He said, look, these are these were not new players that just came out. These were existing season players that are were already good on their other teams, and it's like it's not the bad news bears. And I don't think they were given a lot of credit. But what happens is I can literally be in a bar in Manhattan, and that game's on, and people are betting that game, and be, and they're interested, and they've never even maybe been to Vegas, or they got married, or there's some connection. They got people, married in people Vegas. People love people love the shiny new object, right? 
you know. And... Tell that to my ex-wife. She loves the shiny new objects. <laughs> Uh, new car, uh, new house, uh, new watch. Go ahead, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are laughing right now. Look, this is not only about serious sports betting. This is about entertainment. But, you know, like you said, I went. I, I sent you a picture when I was in Manhattan. It was 18 degrees, and I walked by the NHL, the NHL official memorabilia store where you can buy all the jerseys and all the gloves and all the helmets. I don't know if you've ever been there on Madison Avenue. That's their actual corporate, you know, their main retail shop. Do you know the only thing they had in the window was Vegas gear? Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I, in, in New York. They had, they had oh, no New what? York teams, no New Jersey teams, just Vegas gear. And, and I would guarantee you this. It's funny you, you, you bring this up because around here it's insane. Um, uh, I was just talking what to What do you mean around there? Oakland already is there. I, yeah, every I, single person's wearing an Oakland shirt. But, it's unbelievable. But, it, but you know what? Around here, honestly, I mean, Christmas is a coming, and like, all the merchandise is going off the shelves so fast. And I and I would envision that's the case nationally too. People want to get oh this is something new, to, you know, sweatshirts, t-shirts, jerseys, whatever it is. It's it's amazing. Hey, sports is big business. It's all about money. Yeah, it's all about money, and this is one of the things you know. We have a little uh, more time on this form. If you're listing, um, I, I and I don't want to get involved in politics of sports, but I know a couple of people that you know. We had a couple clients this year regarding the NFL. Um, I don't want to state where they live, and I'm not trying to make any correlations between left or right or whatever. But people that were with the whole kneeing thing, um, don't ever give me an NFL selection again. And really? this is when you're when you're melt. Oh, really? Um, and then I happened to be at a family function this weekend of all places in Pittsburgh, and um, I said to the you know I said to the guys you're looking forward to the Sunday night game, and three of the gentlemen in that room said we no longer watch. Wow. Our Steelers because of uh, because of the whole team stayed behind and the one guy went out. Wow! And these are like ex army veterans. They're like, we we're done. We are done. And I'm like, well, what about betting and making money? Oh yeah, I'll bet college football. I'll bet NBA. I'll bet NHL. We I mean we hear all we like, hear all this way of vote. It's their way of voting with their pocketbook. Right. Not only are they not going to go to the games. They're not betting. Oh no, we. I mean, I. I just find it very interesting. I mean, you know, we've heard of of those situations. Uh, it's funny that you ended up on, on a couple of fronts uh, dealt with that inside right. a week. Yeah. Um, all right. right. Take- so it's interesting, but I will say this: I say if you can lack emotion and you can treat this as a business, there is a great alternative to make more money in a quicker period of time in the, than in the stock market uh, with, let, with holding capital tied up. And as, and, and as let's not forget the sport of kings. You know, it, it's winter time, but then before you know it, we're racing on to, you know, the, trip, the run for the Triple Crown and the prep races before it. I'm here in Baltimore, Maryland, the second leg of the Triple Crown. I can't get you to fly over, but I'll get you one day ah. to come to the Preakness. And, but... The reality is, like you said, it's a minute and ten second ball game. If you're going to lay 120 or you're going to lay 110 and you play a chalk horse and they win, in reality, you got a minute and you got a one minute and ten second ball game. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Hey, it is Sports Insider Radio. I invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. Uh, the number to call is 800 209 1679. 800 209 1679 Sports Insider Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Step aside when we come back, we'll dive into bowl season and get you ready for a big weekend in the NFL. As John mentioned, we got Saturday and Sunday NFL action. one 
1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. This is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. All right, folks, back with you, SportsInsiderRadio.com, coming to you from Las Vegas, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Let's get to college bowl season. We're going to have a football game on basically every day, and the fun all starts on Saturday, boys. Well, absolutely, but let's not let, before we get into that. Let's talk about the key numbers. The Detroit Lions opened up at seven at a four uh, one thirty Vegas time, four thirty Eastern Standard Time start against um, the the Bears, and the Lions down to five and a half. No movement on the total of forty six, and then you've had a line flip. Kansas City opened up against the Los Angeles Chargers as a fit one point favorite, and now the Chargers are a one and a half point favorite again. No movement on the total opening forty six now forty six. All right, that's college. That's that's the NFL. <laughs> Let's go to the NFL. So, well, again, like anything you guys want to discuss, like I said, you got huge line moves on both games, flip to flop, and I think the Chargers goes back to what I, the reason why I was bringing that up is you're always supposed to throw out the last game, and I think that they're not throwing out the last game, which is why the line's moving on the Chargers game, um, and. And it's the same thing they're not throwing out the last game with Detroit winning um, on the road at Tampa Bay, um, 24-21. to And then you see that you have the Los Angeles Chargers, who played last week against the Washington Redskins and won 30-13. So I think, my opinion only, is that both of those moves are based on the last two games. 
But what I don't understand, Mike, I mean, the Chargers' current form, yeah, they're playing great. And then the Chiefs kind of went sideways. Uh, but all of a sudden, the Chiefs come back and played a really good football game last week. And Arrowhead, yeah, one of the. Say they bet, they're going to say they were at home and they played Oakland, so big deal. You but, know what I'm saying? But my point is, Arrowhead Stadium is one of the very toughest places to play. And we've seen the NFL numbers be week to week more volatile than we've ever seen them. Uh, I mean, there's got to be a lot of professional dough that's moving this Chargers number where, uh, you know, you got the Chargers one and a half point favorite. Well, that, and you got to remember, it's a night game. It's, it, so it's pretty much, they have the Saturday game. It's not like a Thursday game where they don't have enough rest. It's pretty much, it's, it's almost as a Sunday afternoon game. So it's not a difference of, you know, they have enough rest. And they're playing a night game, and it's a divisional matchup. So I think the Chiefs are going to be up for it. They've changed a lot of the schemes from the beginning of the season. Now they're picking up on that same deep threat because they didn't have any deep threat option for about five to six games on that losing streak. Now they're opening it up more. Kelsey's getting underneath the, behind the linebackers, underneath the safeties, and Tyree Kill's stretching the, the, you know, the offensive ability of making big plays. And bottom line is they're running the ball again. Hunt, has, he's the fifth leading rusher in the league, but he for the last five, six games he was completely – missing so they ran him last game they're going to run him again and they really have to establish the run early in the game because this is going to be a grinded out type of game it's not going to be a blowout the line is showing you that it's going to be very close but it's in this situation you got to go if the home team is getting points just blindly i would just go with the home team without any information well and talk to me about your boys in your backyard listen here's the deal uh, you know, Baltimore, a great football game last week. And they've got everything to play for here. The one thing, from a motivational aspect, you've got a letdown from playing Pittsburgh. And Cleveland catching a field goal at home. Now, I, you know, you're taking your life in your hands sometimes betting Cleveland. But, you know, the Browns could actually sit there and say, you know what? This is legitimately the last realistic chance we got to win a football game. So th- this may not be the cupcake everybody thinks it's going to be for Baltimore. Well, I know every wise guy group since week one. Uh, and they're going broke betting Cleveland. I get it. God, this guy told me he'd be up an extra million if he would just leave Cleveland alone. So I would say that, you know, when I – I mean, I knew last week before he called me. I mean, pay this guy to find out who he's betting it. Me and Mike laughed. We go, I, I, he's right in Cleveland. Sure enough, Cleveland. It's like a broken record. At some point, it's like, get off it already. So, so you guys might be have to write this one down or maybe sit down for this if you're standing up. Uh-oh. This is the week you take Cleveland. I, I, I'm going I, uh, against the Ravens. Uh, I, listen. are getting seven and a half points. Guys, we did the show last week. And I'm just saying, you know, numbers are numbers, but there are a lot of intangible things that factor into when you ultimately have to pull a trigger and make a decision. And we said last week, you know, the, 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 here's no even New England. Even New England was guilty. I mean, Gronkowski wasn't there, but they even New England of all teams were guilty of looking ahead to the Pittsburgh game. And on this show last week, we said that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game was so mean, rotten, and nasty uh, that Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, such a physical toll was exacted on them. I don't. I wouldn't go anywhere near either one of those two teams. Neither one of them covered. Um, now Baltimore plays this huge emotional game uh, against their bitter rival, and have to walk out of their feeling. We should have won the game. Let the game get away. And now you, the air's out of the balloon, and you go play Cleveland. I mean, I, I, you know, I, again, I know it's Cleveland 
but there, these the, you guys know. I mean, your community in Baltimore, how much people are invested when Baltimore plays Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, people walk around like a punch to the gut all week because they lost that game. Well, yeah, I mean, they played, like we talked about a few weeks ago, playing a team like Seattle the following week, you're beat up. Playing a team like Pittsburgh, playing a team like Baltimore, that's if you played them the previous week and now the next game where Baltimore falls in that slot, they got beat up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they didn't really leave with too many, you know, huge injuries, but they already were injured prior to getting into that game with the secondary being banged up. You could see last week, just like we talked about, Jimmy Smith not being in there, being an all-pro caliber corner, it was definitely noted. I mean, Roethlisberger threw for 500 yards. So getting seven and a half points at home with Kaiser getting back Gordon off suspension, you know, the guy's been suspended 15 different times, but he keeps coming back because they have nobody else. The guy stretches the field and... He actually has some sort of passing attack now that could expose the secondary again for the Ravens. So, again, is Baltimore going to win the game? Probably. But getting seven and a half points blindly again, you've got to go with Cleveland. You know, John, you talk about the number and the halftime plays and the things you do. I would throw this out there. Here's Green Bay. They get Rodgers back. But, as you know, yesterday uh, we're seeing Carolina, six, six and a half point favorite. That was a Rodgers out number. Now there's a Rodgers in number. Uh, of Carolina, just a three-point favorite. Uh, at, at the end, yeah, we'll see what Green Bay becomes now that Rodgers is back. Do they still believe they've got a shot? And then you've got other teams that start to work on next year. And if you're going to sit there and, and, and take a look at things at halftime and try to sort out, some of your better opportunities may be second-half plays. Exactly. And I had Green Bay in the second half last week without him playing. So, you know, my whole thing is that the game within the game. Now, of course, you know, it was perfection, went in overtime, won the game. The whole night. But the thing in the matter is is that, you know, again, um, it's too easy to sit back and not play anything in the first half of that game or fade him because he's stale and he hasn't been in for a while. But I'd say if you want to be really, like, non-emotional, business-oriented, you just watch the first half and you see what, how it plays out, and then you, you make your decision based on the second half because – what I find is on the big games like that, the games that everybody's concentrating on because they're they're getting the news and they're getting all the uh, the feeds on all the different um, blogs. You might want to stay away from those games. Oh. Put up a strong number on those games. I, well, I was it's amazing. I was just going to say to you, I mean, I can envision when uh, the phone rings on a Sunday that, and if you have an opinion, fine. Um, but but you may not. You know, with New England laying a field goal at Pittsburgh. Well, this is one of the games of the year. And people are going to watch one of the games of the year, and they're going to want to saddle up and play it. But they're going to be looking for a play from you, and you're sitting there going, yeah, well, I got news for you. Uh, I'm looking at Tennessee-San Francisco, who no one's going to watch. That's the game. Right. Exactly. And then, I mean, I you know, and again, you talk about Oakland last week uh, at Mile High, um, you know, at Kansas City, excuse me. And now they're at home and they're hosting the Cowboys, and the line opened up in that game from pick to three. I know we haven't discussed it. We'll get into the bowl games in a second. But it is interesting. Like you said, the lines have been moving so aggressively in the NFL. And a lot of people, um, I think there's a lot more public money playing early based upon what they saw right when the game ended. And I think that that's really a bad spot. Obviously, if you like the Steelers, minus two, 
you're not going to like laying three or three and a half. You know, in my opinion, the game goes up even. You know, if you like Patriots, you better take a stand now before the thing cracks three and goes to four. And speaking of volatile numbers, just on the bowl season front, because we already we discussed that last week. Not to cut you off, Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a bad spot for Pittsburgh because how often does New England bounce when they get crushed? Well, that's it. That's probably the worst, last thing in the world they wanted was New England to lose that game. Uh, but exactly. on, on the college bowl front, though, Mike. Uh, you know, we talk about the volatility of numbers. I think, you know, the thing you see with this, these are numbers that are up for a long time. And you, know, you could look at some of the games that are going to be much later in, in bowl season. And those are numbers that could dance. Some people may saddle up and play, hey, that conference is doing well and, and bet a team or conference is doing bad and fade a team. Um, th- these bowl numbers, because they're up for so long, uh, there'll be many of them that will be extremely volatile. So the key is to try to get ahead of it and get the best of the number. Well, that and, I mean, we talked about this with Kenny a few weeks ago. It seems like we're we're just trying to really educate the, the basically the listener that is hearing this for the first time or hearing us week after week where we just stay to our roots. We want to trade. We're not just picking the selections based on an opinion. And right now, like you said, with the whole conference, if the conf- conference is struggling – to me, that's not going to give me any relevance to fade the conference going on because it's a, every game has an independent scenario and it has no relevance on the previous conference team that played in a completely different matchup. So I wouldn't look too much into that. With the number on a game, a line will tell you a lot of times where you can make the edge on the play. And obviously, we talk about all the time, it's a neutral field. You have to be able to see which conferences travel better and how far they have to travel from where they're actually, you know, originated from. Because they might have to travel cross-country. They might not get a lot of fans that come and, out there. And the whole thing, Brian, with statistics, this is the thing that I basically all listeners need to understand. You, you know, that somebody was telling me, why didn't you take the under in the Army-Navy game last Saturday? It's gone under 11 years in a row. And sure enough, now it's gone under 12 years in a row. All 12 years, different times, different play, meaning... The players are not the same. The twelve year, twelve years ago, you're telling me it's the same team on both sides of Army Navy that it is twelve years later. No, just they're wearing the same mat, the shirt. And people get caught up in the last two times these teams played, and last two times. If you have franchise quarterbacks like Flacco here in Baltimore or New England, and and you can use that in your number because those things are stable. But when you're talking about, especially these soup, these made up people make up trends that don't really exist. Saying to me in the Army Navy game that the last 12 years they've gone under doesn't mean that next year I'm, I should play the under. I didn't play the under this year either. But the point is, is that there's no relevance to those 12 years. Well, generally speaking, I'd be on board with a lot of that. But you're at some point. I mean the the database the sample the sample uh, uh, but the sample size is is getting pretty big that and that's one instance I, I'm I'm okay on a we're lot gonna, of we're going to make a little friendly buffalo wager no, 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 no. I'm gonna, but I'm going to say well listen I'm going to say to you that I'm on board with what you're saying in general terms but army navy now navy had the great kid Reynolds you know the last 4 years but, I mean, the one thing that will never go away from the Army-Navy game is intensity. And the other thing that's an intangible inside that is that you look at Army and Navy and some of these games that fly over the total. But those are teams that are preparing, hell, we have a week to get ready for that wishbone offense. 
both Army and Navy run a wishbone offense, uh, and there is a sense of familiarity. It's just it's one instance. I'm okay. I mean, I agree to uh, in, in many respects to what you said, but that Army Navy thing, that sample size starting to grow a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens last year. And the other thing is, you know, 12 games, 12 years in a row, they go under the total. But it doesn't mean that there are, every game's 20 points under the total. Some years it could have right. been a half a point under the total. Sure. So well, my well, point is line makers, the, the business of line making, the, the business of the bookmaker is to not allow, is to, tr- is to suck people in with those trends. So I'm a contrarian by nature that it's not that I want to step in front of a trend. I don't believe in stepping in front of NHL trends. I don't believe in stepping in front of... MLB trends because you're talking about consecutive days of play. Oakland winning 21 games in a row in the MLB, you just roll with them no matter what because they're playing every day. There's no breaks. But when you're talking about, like you said, one game a year, that stat to me is less valuable than the Vegas Knights won seven in well, a row. But I will. But I will. I will. I, I'm with you. And I, I, not to beat the Army and everything, but there's another thing that is a distinct difference is that every year they play that game. That's a standalone game. And every year Correct. they have two weeks, two weeks to prepare for each other. <laughs> so the defense is winning is winning the battle in all those games. And weather is also, you oh. know, you know, whatever. It's what, you know, that hey, I, but then like when you get the bowl season, there're going to be some different things. And again, you talk about trying to get ahead of the number. I'll throw one at you it's next week, Louisiana Tech and SMU. Um you got Sonny Dykes comes in. He's the new head coach at SMU. He's coming in to coach the game. He doesn't even know the quarterback's name, uh, you know. And they're, right. they're, sitting right. there, they're sitting there laying five, five and a half points. I would think at some point you're going to and, and five and a half is kind of a dead number. You're going to see movement. I would say at some point, I think you're going to see Louisiana Tech money in this game. Uh, I just that game, and this is one of, of so many that. Uh, you want to look at it because we do say, uh, in many instances, it's when you bet that uh, actually can make the difference. Well, perfect example. Right now, Wednesday, as we're speaking, December 13th, if you already played early in the week, Oregon, minus five, now they're seven. If you played Western Kentucky, minus five, now they're six and a half, seven in some places. So what happens is, you know, it's it, the big like for when I look at a move like this Saturday on Arkansas State against Middle Tennessee State, the line already opened up at three and a half. It was over a key number of three, and now it's at four. That's not big of a deal to me. But it, to be understanding that a lot of sharp money comes in early at the soft numbers of five, of four, and then they're they're going to push those numbers up to seven, and they might be taking them back at seven and a half and eight the other way. Uh, and so you don't what you're what you're noticing in the early part of the week is you're not seeing a lot of movement in the bowl game totals. You're seeing it on the bowl game side getting pushed and massaged around those key numbers. Same thing with Troy against North Texas. Opened up at five. Now it's it went to six and a half, then back down to six. I mean, and it actually hit seven, and it probably will crack seven. So there's a lot of guys trying to middle both sides of these bowl games, especially these obscure matchups that most people, like you said, aren't pumped up. People aren't pumped up for North Texas, Troy, or Georgia State, Western Kentucky this this Saturday, I would say. All right, sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Final minute or two here, fellas. I, you know, the other thing is we get all these football games. Uh, don't lose sight of the fact uh, you got the NBA. Well, I mean, there's there's something for everybody, and there's a lot of stuff on the board. Yeah, so. uh, 
No, absolutely. And, you know, you got to be aware of stuff like that. Cleveland, they win it, they're winning, winning, winning. They can't cover a game. Golden State wins, wins, wins. They make a sharp number. A lot of times they're winning and they're not covering. So, again, you have the scenario where the teams that have the worst straight-up record are actually the best teams against the spread. And then you have the teams that are really good winning outright. They, they can't cover the number because in those high-volume contests of money, the bookmaker works harder to put up a sharper number. What were we going to say, Mike? Well, and I mean, I'm going to attest to what you just said. Brooklyn is 11 and 15 overall, and they're 17 and nine against the spread. I mean, you got that. You got that. You got that in your head, Brian. 11 and 15 straight up, and, and they're 17 and nine ATS. Well, and you've been talking about that. I mean, some of these numbers, you know, and there are things that can lead you in the right direction. Right, and when you're when you're listening to this show, either whether it's on the internet at Sports Insider Radio, live at fourteen hundred AM in Las Vegas today, and other networks around the country, understand if it was simple as betting the team that's better to win straight up, like that Brooklyn example, you would not be faring well financially. And that's where you have to learn the nuances of actually the line, line management, and and betting basically, you know, taking a position against the team that you actually want to win. If you have season tickets to the Nets. You, uh, you've lost more games watching them in the stand, but you've walked out making money betting against them while you're in the stand. All right, fellas. It's going to be fun. we got Saturday, Sunday, NFL football, bowl season, NBA, NHL, college hoops. It's all available to you. We invite you to check Don't out. about soccer. And soccer. The boys have soccer for you. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 800-209-1679. 1679 We'll be seeing you soon when you're coming back out. I'll be out there January 7th, 8th, and 9th in studio. All right. We'll do this again next week. Fellas, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you got it. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 1-800-209-1679.